Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Worship team did an excellent job, didn't you? Yeah. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Fathers. I'm going to be talking today <clears throat> to fathers, but not, not just men who have had children. I want to speak to you today about uh, or, or I should say, I want to speak to those who will have children. Maybe you're not even married. Where, where are all my young guys? There's Macy. I don't see Daniel. They're in, and they're in the children's church. The, they're working with the children. Uh, <laughs> Go figure. Uh, we, have a, we have a day like I've never seen in 40 years. When people are literally willing to do anything that needs to be done, we've got young men back in children's church. That's incredible. Uh, for, for 40 years, basically all we could get was ladies back there. And I, I, I'm stunned by this. And I really have to not only give God the credit, but to Caitlin and Andrew as well. Can you imagine how proud I am as a father to see my children doing what they're doing today in the church. Can you imagine? It, it, it just, uh, it overwhelms me. And uh, I'm so glad to see you all here. We have some marvelous fathers among us as well. But I won't call you out, although most of us know who they are. I want to talk to you about it because Father is a very serious subject, and especially in today's world. Today's world is, is, um, has lost the idea of fatherhood. So as we begin, let's pray. Ask the Lord to lead us and guide us in this. Open our hearts and, and speak through me to our hearts. Father God, our Father in heaven, our first father, our greatest father. I thank you this, this morning, sir, as we come for the ability to do what I'm called to do. I ask you, Lord, to speak through me as only you can. Use me, Lord. Of my own self, I can do nothing, sir, that makes a difference. It's only you working through me that can touch or change a heart today. Help me speak your word. Your word tells us that we prepare our hearts, but you answer. And I ask you to answer through my heart today, Lord, to speak blessing and, and instruction or whatever is needed, sir, because our world simply needs correction. I thank you, Father. You are faithful who promised, and we stand upon your holy written word 
In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. I really don't know where to start. Uh, I told Becky, I've got so many ways to go. They're running through my head. There's so much to talk about in so little time. So I'm trusting God to make, just, just to, to share what he wants to share. I know in Malachi chapter 4, in the fifth verse, the scripture says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. And then he says something that's most unusual. Lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. And I think that that's a kind of a frightening statement, if nothing else. Open your hearts and hear what he has to say today, not what I have to say. We live in a very, very hard time. Now here in Beaumont, Texas, we are, have been greatly protected from a lot of the things that are going on around us in our world. All you have to do is turn on the news, as dreadful as that is. Not much fun to watch the news these days. We live, it's, it's a convoluted time. The enemy, our enemy, Satan, has managed to, to twist the roles of husband and wife, father and mother. Our, our society has lost a very precious resource, fathers. Now, that doesn't mean that men have not sired children. It means that there are not so many fathers out there anymore. Fathers. What is the definition of a father? Well, I don't have a fixed definition except to say, look at our heavenly father, for he must be the definition for father that we must follow, not this world's definition. Listen, if you, if you begin to look at the world, folks, the world makes fun of fathers. The world downplays fathers. The world uh, has elevated women far over men in our day, just on nearly every program, except maybe Gunsmoke, you, you, what you see is you see the role of father and manhood being downplayed. Now, ladies, I hope that you'll bear with me because this is Father's Day, and I'm going to speak to fathers, whether they are fathers that have, have sired children or they are fathers that will one day sire children. And I see both because we have a number of young people here. I look at my precious son down here on the front row. He's, got, he's, he's the father of an 18-month-old 18, 18 child. He's learning something. He's taking a crash course in fatherhood. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I see my friend David Granger there who's made a habit of fathering children. I couldn't believe that Paula said, well, I'm through having children. I think I'll adopt now. I don't know whether she's changed her mind on that or not. Nope, still want to do that, huh? Uh, there, there's just something about children. But it's, it's nothing new because Father is about children. I'm talking about Heavenly Father, God the Father. He's all about children. Today, our roles in America and in the world are reversed. 
they're reversed, they're warped, they're wrong. Men have, well, we know, uh, we talked about the fact that they've been kind of thrown under the bus. Every show makes, makes fun of them, laughs at them. And, and it has taken place within the families all over, even within Christian families, that women, and it's no fault of your own, have risen or take ascendancy in many of the homes. And that's a dangerous thing. I'm not against women. A matter of fact, you're looking probably at the most pro-woman that there is. I've studied and learned more about God's role for women and his, his, uh, his desire to elevate women. Did you ever notice how many women followed Jesus? It's amazing. To this day, I've never had a woman that wanted to wash my feet and dry it with her hair because she loved me so much. Of course, I haven't. Amen. I mean, just that, that's just divine approval, isn't it? Some thought it thundered. At least that's what the scripture says. Forty years ago, I did, in effect, father this church. I have to be the patriarch of this church just simply because of age and other, you know, natural reasons. And I am so very, very glad to have done so because I look around today, I watch how this church is flowing and I'm, I'm very, very pleased. I couldn't be more pleased if we had a crowd of 3,000. I mean, it'd kind of be crowded, but I, I couldn't be happier than what I see the way our church works with love, just like the young men serving in the nursery today with the little ones. How much must that affect those young people, those babies, those little ones? When in the world, most all they see is something different. One of the things that, that I recognize, and well, uh, it, it makes me think of something that we even had in our house before Marilyn left, left me for another man. A much greater man, got a greater house than I did, and loves her a whole lot more. And really, though I was upset with her at the time, I can't blame her. I can't blame her. Her husband now is much greater than the husband that she had. But I, I think back within our own house, there was a, a little, I don't know what you call it, a little saying, a there was this little thing that was hung on a loop that went over the handle of the closet door in the bedroom. And it says, house rules. Number one, mom is boss. Number two, refer to rule number one. And that tells the story in so many ways. But let me ask you, if you know scripture, is it biblical? Is it right? Is that God's plan? Because, listen, ladies and gentlemen, all of our plans are worthless next to God's plans. 
You and I have to be, we have to understand something very, very clearly. We have to understand that his ways are the right ways. His ways are the high ways. And when we choose our own ways, then we have violated his plan. And he is creator. He is creator. He created this whole thing and he laid it all out. And we have this, this incredible book that explains it all, but few people choose not to read it, or few people choose to read it and study it and find out what God's plan is. Most Christians today are happy to go to church once a week and hear a message that lasts from 30 minutes to an hour, and they've done their duty and they've learned their lesson, and that's the education that they have. But if you don't go to the book, and if you don't look at it for yourself, you have done yourself a tremendous disservice I can't come and preach you a real happy message. I can't come and preach you a real uh, thrilling message. All I can do is tell you the truth and preach the whole counsel of God as best as I know it. And until I die, that's going to be my job. And hopefully Andrew will ask me to preach again sometimes, even though I do that. Uh, I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear that? Get back on! Get back on! You're you're wandering off. I, I know the I know the cues here. Ephesians chapter six, beginning in the second verse. We see a command. It's part. It's actually one of the ten commandments. I'm reading to you from the Amplified. Honor, esteem, and value as precious your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with promise that all may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. That's something to note. A father, fathers, verse four, do not irritate or provoke your children to anger, not exasperate them to resent, resentment, rear them, but rear them tenderly in the training and discipline and counsel and admonition of the Lord. You see, we find right there the Father's instructions. And when I look back and when I look at the Father's around, very few of them could fulfill this because most families have abdicated not only the discipline but the training to the mother. And fathers feel poorly equipped to do that. That's one reason that we don't see that many fathers in church these days is because, because the mother tends to be the spiritual one in the family. And it, it's really intimidating for the man. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you how, how, how I, I see it. Uh, if I'm wrong, God will correct me. But I recognize that there's something has to change for the church to become the church of the last days. Listen, a lot of things have to change. The church of the past is not the model for the church of the future. We have to get back, not only to Scripture, but even to the more Jewish, not legalistic Jewish, not law, but the, the early church was a Jewish church, which means they, they did things. Consider the Jewish people. They, they were people of the book. Now, most of them did not receive the Messiah, 
But nonetheless, the church, the early church, the church that prospered, the church that added 3,000 daily, the church that was filled, saved and filled with the Holy Spirit was a Jewish church. It was the church that evangelized most of the world in that day. And so we have to change because we are a Western church, a Westernized church. And in, in, in doing that, we have become something other than what God intended. We are, we are homogenized with the world. There's so much world mixed in today's church that it's, that it's, um, it's, it's troublesome. Uh, I, I'm talking to you because I want you, to, I want you to have a new perspective on things today. I want you to try and see things from the Father's viewpoint through his eyes and not through our own because this is all we've known basically as church. But as I get older and as I study more, I've spent most of my life studying, spent most of my life teaching and preaching. And so I'm, I'm no novice. I'm not a beginner. And I, but I am an observer, and I have watched carefully what is going on, and things must change. If we're to be the last day's church and make any kind of impact on the world, because truthfully, the church at large has lost its influence in the world. Would you agree with that? Uh, most of you were temp too timid to say anything. Some of you shook your head. I appreciate it. But, but just look around. As even with, with all the churches we have in our city, if everyone, if all, even all the believers went to church on the same Sunday, every church would be filled. Where are the believers? Not even where are the lost, but where are the believers? The problem I truly believe is that we have lost the concept of fathers. Think about it with me. That, that may sound strange, but fatherhood is a gift. It's not a job. It's not a burden. It's not a curse. It's not a problem. The world teaches, the, you know, and, and so many... It grieves my heart and the heart of the Father himself to see so many people being raised without a father, absentee fathers, or fathers who only go to work and come home and don't train their children. They leave all the training to mom. Well, it's pretty convenient for them just to go home and turn on the TV but it's not God's plan, it's not God's will, and it's not how we'll change our world in these last days. Do I have your attention? You can say yes or amen, that would be fine. I love feedback. I love feedback. I see some of you have been with many years that know that. And if you don't give me feedback, I'll probably request it. We have to see it. We have to see it. We have to ask the Lord, open our eyes. Let me see what I should be as a father or even a father like one. This is so important. We must change our own perspective. See, the world teaches us kind of a goofy thing. It, the world teaches you're a good father 
if you play ball with your kids and, and, or have tea parties with your little girls. And I find nothing wrong with that. You see, fatherhood literally has a secondary role. Father is first. Dad is second. And we've changed the model. Now dad is everything and father means little. And that's, that's contrary to the scriptures. It's contrary to the scriptures. Who wants to live that way? I don't choose to, li- I choose to live by that because that's God's way. That's what he's called us to live. That's why he gave us his instructions. That's why he sent his son who is the living word, who modeled. You know, I realized a uh, long time ago when I was reading the gospel of John that he gave us that that gospel through John to show us the Father. You go through and look at the gospel of John and you see so often he talks about my father and your father or our father. He is father, literally father. I appreciate Colin's words about who father is. He is literally a father. He's not symbolically a father. I hope you know the difference. He's not symbolical. He's literal. He is, that's who he is. He, is the, he created us first. Why did he create us? He wanted children. He didn't want servants. He didn't want worshipers. He wanted children. He wanted family. Family. Now the world's got it all backwards. The woman bears the children raises the children, trains the children, right or wrong, and even disciplines and corrects the children. And the men sit back and watch football. We have to change our thinking. I know I'm not talking to everybody in here because some of you in here are godly fathers. And I so appreciate that. I so appreciate that. But we have to change our mentality and train our young people the right way. You're training your children, fathers. You're training them. Whether you say a word to them or not, you're teaching them something. Let them see the Father in you. Let them see the Father in you. Because we must be fathers modeled after not this world not all in the family well that's too old for you guys Um, two and a half men or whatever I've never watched it but it sounds like it probably might speak to it I don't I don't I don't find much very funny in today's comedy on television but I do know that it mocks fathers it mocks men. I, I, I hear it all the time how the Christian view is warped and hateful. It's not. It's the kindest, sweetest thing that you can ever see. Don't listen to the world. What does the world have to do with God? It's anti-Christ. Are you listening to me? This world is anti-Christ. This world is anti-Christ. So 
you're going to have to do what the scripture said. I, I read in Second Corinthians, the sixth chapter, and the, around 12 through the 18th verses in there, the, God the Father is saying, come out from among them. He's not, who's he talking about? He's talking about this world. James and, and John both teach in their epistles that this enemy is, this world is the enemy of God. We can't love the world and love the Father too. He said so. He said, if you love the world, that you're in enmity with the Father, with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? We have to get the scriptures. We have to know his will because this is not just a Bible. This is God's word. So we have to get the perspective here, not from out there, not from television. Television warps everything that is godly. And we have to understand that. Fathers, you have to train your children. You can't let the TV train your children. It's your responsibility. What are the responsibilities of a father? Well, number one is to provide. Number two is to protect. Number three is to train. Number four is to correct. And not necessarily in this order. But they all have to be done. And it's father's role to do so, not mothers. Now, we live in a generation when women work. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying, but I know that the, the plan here is still the same. It hasn't changed, even though the world has warped it way out of shape. It's almost unrecognizable. And that is that mothers are the providers. I even see some fathers staying home and taking care of the children. You, the, the, the role of fatherhood and motherhood are two distinctly and separate roles. One is that provider, that protector, that, I mean, if you hear a noise in the middle of the night, do you tell your wife to go check it? You, 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 I mean, it's only a natural thing. Uh-oh. Sometimes women provide. Sometimes they work and guys stay at home. I understand, but is that God's plan? That's my question. Uh, we've got to stick with this. Now, I'm not talking about what the world is, Pastor Andrew. I understand, and, and I, I understand that you are much, you've come out of a different place than I've come out of. But I, I've, I have looked at Father, and I've looked at his plan. The scripture says the husband is the head of the wife. That hasn't changed, except in our own conception. The word of God still says that. The word of God teaches that a father is to discipline and correct with love his children. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's our job as fathers. We're not to leave that to our wives. We are to do that. We are to train them. We are to discipline them. We are to correct them. Because that gives them the model of our heavenly father. The scripture says in Hebrews and Proverbs and numerous times that the father corrects those he loves and even chastises or disciplines those he loves. Proverbs says if he doesn't correct you, he doesn't love you. This is a serious matter, folks. I would love to come give you a nice, light Father's Day message, 
maybe tell you some jokes. You know, I thought about coming out and saying, you know, I, I, I was going to... Uh, I was going to tell this joke about fighting, but I forgot the punchline. Thank you. Thank you. I, I got one in in there, didn't I? Yeah, I know. I shake my head too, Faith. Uh, when I start telling jokes, the people laugh because they know that I can't finish it hardly. I'm, I'm surprised I remembered that. It was only one line, so I guess I didn't. that wasn't so bad. Let me give you a list of symptoms of today's world. And I truly understand, I believe that the, the whole, I'm not against anybody doing what they do. I'm not against, wives, if you, if you work and your husband stays home, I'm not against that. I just, I, I just am trying to say to you today that that's not the order in the scriptures. Can we agree with that? I'm not criticizing anyone. We are in the world. We have, we have been brought up by this world. We've been trained by this world. And, but we have to come up with a new perspective. Because imagine where our world today will be for our, when our grandchildren see the world as normal and, and the, the, the Bible and Christians as, as abnormal. We can't let that happen. We have to demonstrate, and I'm talking to you men and fathers particularly, we have to demonstrate the will of the Father, not the will of the world. And it doesn't matter that, that our world is askew. We live in a world where teen suicide is pandemic. That's the real pandemic right there. You don't hear much of it in the news. The news doesn't talk about it. But it's an epidemic of teen suicides, young people killing themselves. There's unprecedented drug use. The sexual lives of the world have become, have, have become very warped. Even our definition of sexual things is very unscriptural. This is just what I, I do. I don't try to win popularity contests. I'm not, I'm not here to please you or Andrew or Caitlin. I'm here to please the one who called me, and I have to do it as best I know as his way. And whether, whether I don't get invited back or not is immaterial. I don't, maybe only have one chance with you, so I've got to give you the best I got. And the best I got is not the world's way. It's not entertaining you. All right. Our, our kids don't learn skills. They learn video games, computers. And computer, it can be a skill. I understand that. But our children have no direction, no purpose, no patterns to follow. They have weak dads. Some have none. I look at our families today. And I'm not criticizing. I'm just stating facts as I see them. We have families, and none of the kids have the same last name. You think that's biblical? It's, it, it can't be. 
We live, uh, the Bible is a patriarchal, in other words, a father-led family. It's not a mother-led family. Even though the world is, has skewed things for us and we find ourselves caught in that middle of that trap, if we don't know the truth, well, we can never be set free. And I'm not getting very amen, many amens, and I see a lot of serious faces, but if you understand anything about who he is and, and what the word of God says, you know that I'm speaking truth to you. And what, what, what do we need but truth? We don't need more platitudes. We don't need more cliches. We don't need more funny stories. We need truth. It's the only thing that'll change our lives. And our lives have to go in the direction that God chooses. Divorce is common. When I grew up, when I, I remember when I was a, a child, that was a many, many, that was last century, you know, uh, I, we didn't, I didn't know any people that were divorced, any people that were divorced. I never heard of child abuse. Never. We played outside without fear. Our parents were not afraid. They just, I just had to be home by the time the streetlights came on in the summertime, other than that, you know, or when dad whistled. I thank God for my dad. He, didn't, he wasn't the trainer that he could have been, but yet he trained me by his example. He was a very, very Christian man, a tither. He loved my mother. They, they never divorced. When she, when she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, he took care of her day and night. Never put her in a home. Never put her, you know, gave her to the world so he could have a more convenient life. He was, he trained me. He trained me well. And, and though he's been gone since 2003, I still remember my dad. He was dad. He, you know, my dad never got down and played ball with me particularly. He was always working, providing. But I will never forget the fact that my mother was a Cub Scout mother, den mother, and my dad at one point was, was the scout master for our scout troop so his son could be in and do the things that I did. He got involved. He got involved in my life and my sister's lives. If there's been a black sheep in our family, it's been me. But that's beside the point. Uh, we, we didn't come to talk about that. Right now, most couples, because of divorce, it's a majority now that they avoid marriage, they choose to live together. Years ago, I did many weddings. I counsel for marriage almost weekly. It's very rare now. Probably the only couples that I have counseled for marriage at all were Andrew and Carrie Pineda and Colin and Morgan Slaughter. You don't see marriage counseling much anymore. Used to, uh, people would come to me with problems with their marriage. No, they just get a divorce. 
It's changed. Everything has changed. I've watched it change. To those who are just coming up, you've never seen the change. But I, 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 I see the change. Everything has changed, and it's changed radically. We, we're living in a day, who ever heard of gender confusion? That's almost an oxymoron. Well, I guess it is an oxymoron. You're born one way, not two. It's not your option to change it. If you want to live any way godly. Why are all these things happening? It's a ter- I could go on and on with the symptoms of our world because they're, they're, they are monstrous and they're many. But I believe that absentee fathers are the main trouble. This nation has never been known for its graciousness toward black people. Slaves for many years and then second-class citizens because of terrible attitudes, which there are those who are exploiting all that. But I do remember well, even in the same day that I saw the sign, colors only on a restroom, and that black people go to the back of the bus to be seated, I also saw intact black families with fathers in the home. And I feel like that they were freer then than they are today. And after preaching to black people and loving black people and serving black people for 40 years, I believe I have an opportunity, or not only an opportunity, I've earned the right to say whatever needs to be said because you know that I am for you 100%. I never forget when we were over on Highland Avenue. I'm talking about fatherless homes. That man right over there, my, my great friend, David Granger, came out of an intact family. And he's got an intact family. What does that tell you? I won't point anybody else out. You don't need me to. But we've had some wonderful intact families. I should mention Libby Lewis, who was, he loved his family. He had a large family. They were in the church. They were uh, uh, served in church. April was our one of our youth ministers for years. Stephanie sang and did children. Uh, Anita led our worship for how many years? I never forget... Uh, when somebody told me that, yeah, we went to, we used to go to church. They had a lot of black people over there, but the only place that the black people could serve was in the choir. That's been my head elder right there. Wave, David. He's been my head elder for many, many years. I don't even know how many. He goes way, way back with me. I married that couple. Many, many years. I don't even remember now. David and Paula. Paula was raised up in the church. She captured David and drug him over. And I'll always be grateful to her for that. I'm telling you, look at the examples around us. Look at the 
impact than an intact family, a family with father, how it changes everything. We, we cannot adopt the cavalier means of the world treating divorce. Malachi says in, in Malachi chapter 3, God hates divorce. You see, if people understood that, you think that they would get a divorce? Who would choose to do what God hates? But they're, they're, they're basically ignorant, undereducated Christians who don't know what the Word of God says. When I read in Proverbs that what is desired in a man is kindness, I began to change that immediately because I realized I was not a very kind person, a little bit harsh. I spoke the truth, but I didn't speak it necessarily in love. And the Word of God changed that in me. Word of God in Maryland, she would have hurt me if I hadn't changed. Seriously, no. Another horrible, horrible situation in our, in our world today is parents, fathers and mothers who abandoned their children and leave it to the grandparents to raise their children. How, how terrible is that? That parents would abandon their children so they could be free we live, this, is, this is the broken shape of our world. Not necessarily the church, but I'm telling you that to be the church, we have to be an example. And we have to be a vocal, an outspoken example of God's way. And fathers, you have to lead the charge. You've got to become the men that God called you to be, every one of us. You have to become the head in your household. I'll tell you, Marilyn and I never had a problem there. She recognized that, but she was a woman of the word. And, but we, we, were, we chose to do things in a teamwork style. And if a decision had to be made that we didn't agree, well, matter of fact, if we didn't agree on something, we typically, uh-oh, means I got to hurry here. We typically, listen to me. If we couldn't agree on something, we just didn't do it, unless it was a critical thing. And then I made the decision, but I was responsible for the decision. And if it, everything went south, it was on me. It wasn't on her. But when we chose to, to make decisions together, it worked. It worked. Most of you know Becky. I, I, you know, when, I, when she talks about so her husband died six months more before, uh, six months prior to Marilyn's death, or we wouldn't be here together today. And I don't thank God for their deaths, but I sure did benefit because I've seen how she handles things. She didn't fight with her husband. When her husband contended with her, she just shut up, let the Lord take care of it. Ladies, there's a better way to do things. We fight much too much. Are you hearing me? We're not, that's not what we're made for. We're made to live together as one. That's God's plan. 
but the father must be the leader in the household, not the mother. And if your if your husband is not the leader, as if, if he's a believer, we we need to train him. We need to train him. If he's just a good provider and protector and all, then be happy. Most of them aren't out there today. I'm just telling you, fathers, on this Father's Day, that we have to be father-like fathers. We have to turn, see, once we do that, we'll turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers. The, the children will look at the fathers and say, I want to be like him. Mom is not a role model for young men, except in godly behavior. I'm, I'm giving you straight facts as best I know them, and uh, if, it, if it's a problem, I'm, I apologize. The good news is that there is a change. There is, you have a father that will help you. If you recognize that your life or your family's life is not in order, biblical order, then ask the Father. Listen to what the message translation says from James chapter 1, beginning in the second verse. Consider it a sheer, a sheer gift, friend, when tests and challenges come from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows there, shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believing without a second thought. People who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way, adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. If you see that it's not right, see, I'm not up here to point any fingers at anybody. You know what your family is like much better than I do. You know what relationships are like. You know how it has to work. It's scriptural. If you don't, go to the scriptures. But ask the Father. Ask the Father in faith, believing that he will answer you. He's not going to fuss at you. He's not going to discipline you. He's not going to correct you for asking for help any more than you would do that with your children. He wants to help you get it right. And the world's way is far from right. His way is the only right way. He's called righteous, and he's called us to be righteous. And that means doing things the right way, and the right way is his way because he created it, and he set the order, and he knows the pattern. So trust him. Trust him. Of all the things that he speaks to me these days, over and over and over, is trust. Trust me. You're not going to understand a whole lot of things that are going on today. You may not understand how to fix things that are wrong. Trust me. Trust me. I'm asking you to trust him. Don't trust your instincts. Don't trust this world. 
Don't trust what someone else says. Find out what your father said. Copy him. Ephesians chapter 5 says, Be imitators of your father as dear children. Be imitators of God, your father, as dear children. That's the most important thing that you can learn. Fathers, imitate God in all you do, in all the ways you live, in all the ways you show your children. Show them integrity. Show them faithfulness. Show them dependability. Show them how beneficial hard work is. Teach them to work. Get them off that computer. Get them off that video game. And get them out there helping you. I'll never forget when my young grandson, Mark, he would come out where I was working on the mower or whatever, and he'd say, what's that, Papa? I said, well, that's a wrench. He says, I like wrenches. Simple little stuff. I I crawled under the truck once. He crawled under there with me. They're looking for models of godliness and fatherhood, and you're the only one that can be that. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to speak to these fathers today. It's a privilege that I never take for granted. I ask you for all those fathers and fathers-to-be, whether to be means in the next year or in the next 10 years, should Jesus tarry. I ask you, Lord, to help these words remain in their hearts that you are our example, you are our role model, not this world, not especially not anybody on these sitcoms on television or these movies, Lord, that demean manhood and fatherhood, but teach them who you call them to be. Teach them, Lord, through the example of your son, who showed us the Father. He said in John 14, have I been with you so long and you have not seen the Father, you have not known him. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So help us follow his model, Lord, and not this world's. And when we stray from your model, correct us, Lord. Correct us as a dear Father. I thank you for these things this morning. I praise you and thank you in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Now, I want all the men to come here, please. Just come here, stand in the front. I'm just going to pray for you. I'm not going to come through and lay hands on. This is not a laying hands on thing. I want you to come here so I can see you. Excellent, excellent. Now, let me, let me speak a closing word to you. We have some older guys like Tim, and we've got younger guys like Macy. Understand that we are still, we still have impact. Jason, you and I, we have impact. David, you're an older guy now. Can't help it. <laughs> you still have impact. Show young men what a father looks like. I mean a godly father. Young men, 
Straighten out your life. Change it from the world's ways. Yeah, I'm talking to you too, Daniel. You have more impact in the world than you have any idea. People are hungry for godly role models, men who walk in integrity, who keep their word, who do what they say they will do. That's so important. So that, yeah, what are you doing hiding over there, Blake? Thank you, Jason. Ladies, stretch your hands toward these men. They have a daunting challenge before them. It truly is a daunting challenge to change how, they've, how this world has tried to train them, form them into its own image. Heavenly Father, we pray for these men, these young men, these old men, whatever they are, Lord. They have a role to fulfill. They are Christian men. Christian men. They have an impact on this world that they're not aware of. I ask you, Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus, to speak something into their hearts, to do something to change their thinking. Let them see fatherhood and manhood from the perspective of our Lord Jesus and his Father, sir. I ask you to do these things, sir. I know that you forgive us for following the only things that we've known before. When this world has trained us and we have not followed after your way, it's because we didn't know any better. But now, Lord, we, we have a, our, our eyes are opened to understand better, to train, to discipline, to correct, and to be models to our children and especially our young men, our babies. I thank you for these things today, Lord, in the wonderful, matchless name of Jesus. Did you have something? Anything, Andrew? Fathers, I, I'm so thankful for you. Young men, Dylan, Macy, all of you younger guys, Blake, you keep these things in your heart. I'm not going to be here forever. Matter of fact, I celebrate every day because I'm closer to seeing him than I was the day before. And I, I look forward to that. I'm not going to rush it. But I look forward to it. You still have a lot of life to live. You still have a lot of people to impact. Don't just go through this world acting like the world. Change your thinking and walk through this world with Jesus as your model of the Father. I challenge you. Don't be like this world. It's broken. You're not. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Happy Father's Day. You guys give it up for Pastor Cameron. And give it up for yourselves. You got a hard job. You have a hard job. But you guys are doing phenomenal. And the Lord is going to help you when you ask. He will help you. I, how many times have I asked him for help and he's met me so willingly. <laughs> so.
So he's going to help you if you need help. Don't be afraid to ask. If you need any, if you actually need any prayer specifically, we have prayer partners that are going to come up. They're going to be up here for you. Um, and if you need prayer about anything, not just fathers, but anybody, um, if you need prayers, you know, just someone to agree with you about something, um, about something concerning fathers. We have some great fathers up here and uh, some amazing women of faith as well. So uh, other than that, you guys are dismissed. You guys have a happy, have a happy, <laughs> have a happy Father's Day. We love you. Go love God. Love people and lead well. Lead your family well, that. <laughs>